if you've ever had a Matoika, you know, one of those Troika Russian dolls, or played Tetris, you kind of know what is happening right now in Russia. Things and pieces are starting to fit together. People are starting to look to see exactly what happened. Why did Vladimir Putin allow a mercenary, a mere employee of his, to show him up and his military in Russia? Is this just one act in a multi-act play, as some have said? One of those who is saying this is former National Deputy National Security Advisor Katie McFarlane. Now, she had a lot to say about this uh, on Newsmax the other day when they were talking about this on the Sunday shows and how more and more countries are starting to wonder, was this all just some elaborate method by Vladimir Putin to bring out his opposition and allow people to see what was going on? Or was it something even deeper? It is hard to say. It is hard to know. But let's listen to what Katie McFarlane has to say. Oh my gosh, no. This is act one of at least a three act play and there's probably gonna be a part two and a part three. This is gonna go it's so many different directions that Shelby's reporting was very good because she sort of said nobody really knows, right? Is the Wagner group, which is essential to the Russian effort in, um, in Ukraine, are they gonna keep fighting? Are they not gonna keep fighting? The other thing um, is that the conventional wisdom is, oh, well, Vladimir Putin is really in big trouble. Yeah, maybe we'll see. He certainly has seen the armor being pierced. But the thing that I've, a couple of things that just sort of struck me that nobody's talking about mm. is, so the Wagner mercenary group was able to get within 100 miles of Moscow, and they met no resistance. Mm. They met, you know, tourists with selfies, treating them as if they were conquering heroes. So why is Russia, does Russia not have any internal defense? Or does Russia not have any internal defense because everybody that should be defending the motherland is somehow in Ukraine? Those are questions. The other is that, that Putin and um, and Prigozhin have kind of set themselves up. It's gonna be one or the other. Nobody, you know, you don't take a swipe at the king unless you're gonna kill the king. Yeah. And so for Prigozhin to do this and then to somehow leave and go into exile in effect, that exile isn't gonna last forever. Yeah. And then he, the other thing is that, you know, so what does Putin do behind closed doors? If you look at Russian history, um, the only real in the street armed revolution they've had was when they founded the Communist Party in the Soviet Union in 1917. So over 100 years. Ever since then, there have been a lot of coups and there have been a lot of replaced leaders, but it's always been behind closed doors. So I've got to wonder now, behind the closed doors of the Kremlin, are people saying, hey, wait, who knew that he was this vulnerable? Maybe yeah. it's my turn. Maybe we should. So I think, again, act one. And there's okay. going to be so many twists and turns of this before we even get to act two. You know, you've been following uh, Russia, former Soviet Union, uh, back g going back to the, the Ford and the Nixon and Reagan administrations. Yes. You know, there was this recent report in the Washington Post stating that the U U.S. intel community learned of this plan maybe a couple of weeks ago. U.S. intelligence also believed that Putin was informed uh, of Prigozhin uh, uh, doing this plot. We know that Prigozhin was critical of the support that he was getting for his men in Ukraine. And as a result, they were sustaining very heavy losses why do you think he did this? Why do you think that this guy would make such definitive claims 
say that he was going to basically roll into Red Square and then mm -hmm. and then turn around and make a deal with Putin's lieutenant, essentially, which is Lukashenko in Belarus. Yeah, you know, there's so many unanswered questions because when you think about it, it happened pretty quickly, right? All yeah. of a sudden, the Wagner mercenaries are in tanks and they're heading to Moscow. And then Putin, and I don't think this was faked on Putin's part, he comes out and gives a just a really serious statement saying, these people are traitors, we're gonna punish them, we're going to you know, chop off their heads. And then a few hours later, well, we've reached a deal. We have Pergosians going into exile, nobody's gonna be charged with any crimes, and his mercenaries are gonna be brought into the regular Russian army. So who knows? I mean, is this all a big kabuki dance? Is this yeah. all false flag stuff? You just don't know, maybe what Pergosian in league with Putin. I mean, this is one possibility, not well, a high I, probability. But I wanted to ask you about that. I wanted to get to rid of the Russian military. Well, I wanted to ask you about that, KT, because if you are President Lukashenko right now, and you've got, mm -hmm. you know, and you've got Prigozhin, who's got control of, or at least some degree of control, over 50,000 armed men, uh, right. now in your country, uh, and you know that at one point he was very close to Vladimir Putin. If you're Lukashenko, are you a little, you know, concerned here that this could create instability in your own country? And he's not necessarily sitting pretty either in his own country. In his own country. Yeah, these are house guests you really don't want to have, right? Because who knows where these guys go? But the other thing is that you know, Prigozhin um, has been very critical, as have others of the Russian senior military command and the Defense Department equivalent. And so Vladimir Putin is sort of stuck with those guys, even though they're losing the war in Ukraine to a certain extent. Yeah. So maybe it's somehow Putin thinking, aha, Prigozhin's going to come in. He's going to give me an excuse to get rid of these top brass in the military. And then who knows what comes after that? Yeah. You know, maybe Prigozhin becomes the new defense minister. There, there's so many possibilities, yeah. everything. So Katie McFarlane has it, you know, hits a nail pretty much on the head. You know, there's so many possibilities, so many things that could possibly be happening. And then now you're seeing something new coming out from the British Broadcasting Company, which basically uh, has a story out there, you know, about uh, is Vladimir Putin uh, still, uh, <laughs> you know, still in power in Moscow? You know, because, you know, with the Pergosian and Putin... Both of them have not been seen in, in, in you know, at least 24 hours. And uh, there is a lot of speculation as to what exactly these two men are up to, if indeed they are up to anything. The last time Pergosian was seen was, was in a vehicle uh, moving along in, uh, you know, Rostov on, on, on the Don, basically. And uh, it, it, it is something that a lot of people are worried about exactly is, uh, you know, is this really going down? Is, uh, is the tension over in, uh, in Russia? Uh, what exactly is going on? Hard to say, right? What exactly is going on? And hard to say exactly where exactly everything is headed. Let's listen to what the BBC has to say on this. After abandoning his advance on Moscow. 
And with Wagner forces firing their guns into the sky and cheers from the watching public, his troops also departed the city. Tensions had been building between Mr. Bogosian and Russia's military leadership for some time over their approach to the war in Ukraine. Our Russia editor Steve Rosenberg reports. Leaving as heroes. The Wagner fighters pulling out of Rostov last night. You'd think they just won a war. The leader of the mercenary group, Yevgeny Prigozhin, was off too. He'd just done a deal with the Kremlin to end their mutiny. The rebellion started here, then spread north. It was the biggest challenge to Vladimir Putin's authority since he came to power. Vladimir Vladimirovich Putin. Russia's commander-in-chief likes to project an image of strength. A mutiny on his watch is embarrassing. But is it damaging? For Vladimir Putin, will there be political fallout? ahead of next year's election. He definitely uh, looks weaker. All elite groups will begin to think about the presidency 2024. Should they rely, as they did even one week before this uh, military coup, on Vladimir Putin? Or should they think about someone new? But there's no sign yet that someone new in the Kremlin is Mr. Putin's plan. Vladimir Putin is determined to show that he is in charge, in control, in the Kremlin. And he has the Russian state media to help him paint that picture. The trouble is, the dramatic events of the last couple of days have raised questions about how in control the Russian authorities are of the situation here. Instability. Russians can feel it. The rebel Wagner fighters may not have made it to Moscow, but people here were watching nervously and waiting. I'm a mother with three children, Anna tells me. Of course I'm terrified by what has happened. We were scared these events would spread to Moscow, Nastya says. There's nothing ordinary citizens could do to influence the situation. It's decided above our heads. Many Russians tell me that. They don't believe they have the power to change what is happening in their country, to make their voices heard, to turn things around. Steve Rosenberg, BBC News, Moscow. Well, America's most senior diplomat, Antony Blinken, has been speaking following yesterday's events in Russia, saying the revolt exposed real cracks in President Putin's authority. I think uh, we're in the midst of a moving picture. We haven't seen we haven't seen the last act. We're watching it very closely and carefully. But just step back for a second and put this in in context. Sixteen months ago, Russian forces were on uh, the doorstep of Kiev in Ukraine, thinking they'd take the city in a matter of days, thinking they would erase Ukraine from the map as an independent country. Now, over this weekend, uh, they've had to defend uh, the doorstep of Kiev in Ukraine, thinking they'd take the city in a matter of days, thinking they would erase Ukraine from the map as an independent country. Now, over this weekend, uh, they've had to defend Moscow, Russia's mm -hmm. capital, against mercenaries of Putin's own making. Uh, Prigozhin himself, uh, in this entire incident, has raised profound questions about the very premises for Russia's aggression against Ukraine in the first place, saying that Ukraine or NATO did not pose a threat to Russia, which is part of Putin's narrative, right. and it was a direct challenge to Putin's authority. So this raises profound questions. It, it shows real cracks. We can't speculate or know exactly where that's going to go. We do know that 
Putin has a lot more to answer for in the, in the weeks and months ahead. So what basically that Blinken and others are saying is that there's a lot more to be seen. We don't know where this is going. And right now, for the rest of the world, it is a time to look, watch, wait, and see. But also be careful because what happens in a game of Tetris or with a Matroika doll, you know, this multi-layer doll, is like peeling an onion. You don't really know what's going to happen until it actually does. I'm Mike of New York, and this is a Mike of New York podcast. God bless you, God bless America, and God bless the world, and hey, let's hope for a little more peace and quiet next weekend. <laughs>